Hello and welcome to another episode of Can I Pull You for a Chat. Each episode, we ask one of our guests to bring us a topic to discuss. It could be literally anything and we see where it takes us from there. I'm your host, Glo, and joining me today is my co-host, Eos. Eos, welcome back. Hey, hey. How are you doing today, everybody? No? Okay. Well, uh, I'm very excited to be with both of you today. Um, We have a wonderful guest uh, in our college friend, Kennedy. Kennedy, welcome. And would you introduce yourself to our plentiful guests? Uh, Hey there, guys. So excited to be on the podcast. Um, My name is Kennedy O'Dell. I am a friend of Gloria and Eos's from college. We were all in the ridiculous uh, social group Cannondale Elm together, uh, which basically meant we ate variations of a fried chicken sandwich uh, together for for two years. Um, so that's how I know the girls. Um, I work in politics and I'm originally from Kansas, so I have that in common with a previous guest on this show. Very strong Kansas representation in these first few episodes. This is true. We're really yeah. up in the Midwest. That's true. Which our is numbers, our polling numbers are pretty yeah. great in the Midwest. <laughs> it's clearly true. a ploy because we all know that Gloria and I are not well versed in the Midwest. <laughs> you, said, you, you need a ranch dressing caucus, and honestly, they're, they are ride or dies once you build that up. <laughs> Yeah, Kennedy, um, my favorite thing was we, you got me into college basketball, and I've never been to Kansas, but I am just like so into Kansas basketball for like a period of my time, of my life. It's just like I've had a lot of obsessive habits, and this one is definitely due to you. So I would, Gloria would watch soccer slash American football, or UK, football to everyone else, sorry. Uh, I was like, not American football. Um, Gloria would watch that, and I was so amazed by your fan culture. Like, you ha- you have deep fan culture. Like, you get it in a way that not everyone does, especially about sports. And so I was like, oh, I've got to introduce you to, Jay- to the Jayhawks. Uh, of Kansas. That's the Kansas mascot. It's an incredible mythical bird. Um, and so, yeah. Wait, it's not you real. Ended up being- Sorry. No, it's, yeah, no, they are a mythical bird. I also literally have one on my shirt right now. I'm wearing a big sweatshirt, of course. It's like I was ready, repping the brand. Um, uh, but yeah. Okay, well, this is news to me. My fandom <laughs> might not be as great as I thought. I did not. Claire's I thought like, this was I've a real I've never seen a wild Jayhawk. Yeah. They must be made. Yeah, I also don't know anything about birds, to be fair. Like, no. just, I feel like all, like, Harry Potter and all the things have just messed me up. I just think all these birds are real. <laughs> just like, this is going to catch fire. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, there are phoenixes out there. I just haven't right. seen them. They probably are, like, in Australia or something. There's yeah. lots of weird shit down Everything there. Is in yeah, there's a lot of things that I think are real because of television. I mean, just like, well, that's not great. But anyway, <laughs> all right, we'll get us started with our icebreaker session, uh, section. And today's question, we want to start with knowing, I want to know personally, what is something that you know you can afford, an experience, a thing, you name it, but you are so incredibly cheap about or that you're always rationing, even though in the back of your head, you're like, I can comfortably afford this. So I, when, oh, go ahead. Started. Kennedy, do you want to start us off? When you, when you said that, I immediately, I have one I always talk about, which is, um, it's cream cheese. Um, so <laughs> when I was growing up, I will never forget, I was in a checkout line, 
Um, and my, you know, when you're, it's like that super awkward moment when you're like, your family has forgotten something at the grocery store. And so one of you has to run back yes. top speed to like almost always be back of the grocery store mm -hmm. to get whatever it is you've forgotten. So we'd forgotten cream cheese because everything in Kansas is cream cheese based. And my sister ran at top speed back to the thing and came back with Philadelphia name brand cream cheese. Mm -hmm. And my mom said, do you think we're made out of money? Go get the generic. <laughs> And she literally made the line behind her weight as my sister ran back to save 40 cents on cream cheese. And I totally know. It's like a 40 cent difference. I could cover that at this point in my life. I'm pretty lucky. But every time I see it, I, like, talk myself out. I hear my mother go, do you think we're made of money? Who do you think you are getting the on-brand cream cheese? So, so what? Bra what is the no What is the value brand? Is it just cream the great value or whatever? Oh, yeah. store, It'll like literally... Store. Yeah, store brand. It's like it's like gray, like Philadelphia almost always, <laughs> but it's in like Times New it's Roman like Prodo. font. <laughs> yes. It's Prado. Yes, exactly. It is the Prodo brand cream cheese. Oh no, mm -hmm. you get your shit in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we we are gonna get so old that Comic Sans becomes stylish at some point, and that's when we'll have to I'm just sign off. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking That's, that I'm one. calling it quits that day. Just yeah. like, I was like, mm -mm. listen, we all thought Comic Sans was that girl back in the day. I remember she was really using cute. it. Because like it was like the hybrid of like, mm -hmm. you know, I got into a phase of writing big letters because I grew up having to write calligraphy. So the moment I could like print my letters, I was like, oh, you guys were not ready. So like the bubble letters were the move. And Comic Sans bubble was pretty letters. cool. No, that reminds me so much of all those, the word art in like PowerPoint and stuff. Yes. I, I still love those. Those slap. I'm like, put that on a t-shirt. I would wear, oh, I could see myself in like a baseball cap with some word art on it. Oh, yeah. I'd be cute. Oh my God. Can I just make some for anybody just says word art? <laughs> just like not a one. I could make a killing of that. It would Brand. Just, a lot of ironic people would people get it ironically, and I, I'm seeing I rent here. I see the, rent. Possibly. I think it would sell with the millennials. Maybe yeah. this should be part of our um, coming soon to uh, electronic store near you. Uh, can I pull you for a chat um, in branding I? material? Yeah, merch drop. Oh, I'm merch can story. I pull you for a chat in that iconic blue? Wiggly yeah. one with the darker Why blue, did it, like, it always had the shadows? Shadow yes. Like the always had ridiculous sh shadows. And you're I like, why like, is this shadow? I always liked the rainbow one as well. Oh my god, yeah. Big yep, I put that on it. I put it on everything. Alright, yes. <laughs> what do you have for? What are you listen, a cheapstake about? <laughs> listen, I'm quite sure I'm a cheapstake. Cheap skate? Cheap steak. Yeah, I don't know. I, I called it steak. I was about cheap steak. I'm a cheap I, steak. I definitely said cheap steak. <laughs> um, Kennedy, you're looking it up. Thank you. Um, I'm quite sure I'm a, I'm cheap about many a thing. Um, unfortunately, none are coming to mind, but a plethora of things are coming to mind in the opposite direction, um, which is things that I perhaps should be cheaper on, but that I will never be cheaper on. Ooh, and do tell. Tea. Listen, mm. I refuse oh, to drink Lipton. I will not. Absolutely I will not, not drink any of the like. That's a wet paper really bag. It's a wet paper <laughs> bag. Exactly. Why would I put that in some hot water? <laughs> Tastes like cardboard. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, so I think that I'm, I, I should not always spend like, you know, $10 on a 
box of tea or, you know, not a box, like a tin of tea or something because bagged tea, ew. Um, but yeah, I think that's my answer. The wrong answer. You know, actually, wait, I, I thought of the right answer. It's beans. It's beans. I love beans. I make beans. And whenever I'm like, you know, I, I don't like I'm running out of groceries this week. Should I go like, you know, buy food? I'm like, nope, I've got beans. So I make a pot of beans. <laughs> it's truly the I three holies. Uh, my girlfriend and I comfort buy beans. Like whenever the world gets a little too stressed, we found out both of us will comfort buy beans. So like I will just go to the grocery store and like add three extra ki- cans of kidney beans because I'm like, oh, well, what if something bad happened? Well, at least I'd have my beans. Oh, see, I I probably should buy cans, but I just buy like dry beans. Yeah. To, like, oh, yeah, dry beans the are beans. the best. Yeah. yeah. But oh, I do, uh, though, one exception I will make for is for like the chickpeas because try, I'm not trying oh. to like boil chickpeas to make hummus. You know what I mean? I, I did that a few times. For some reason, I think in high school, big mistake. It's too time consuming. It is some things are time consuming. Yeah, some things are not better from scratch. Some, no. Like the, the effort has made it taste worse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that for my part, I am oddly enough, I'm like very, very like conservative with floss. noticed about myself where I'm just like and it's not like the pluckers specific it's just like the string floss that you roll out I just please tell me you do not reuse no I do not reuse but you know how you make it like really long and luxurious yes I always just do enough to like go for my finger once and hold on to it oh my god I I love that I don't think I've ever bought floss all of That's my flosses thing. are always from like um, you the know, dentist. The dentist wants yes, everything. Yes, but like, I feel like I've always run out. Like the dentist one always looks like it's gonna be a fat thing of floss. No, it does yeah, not last plastic. very long. Yeah, so I always okay. like whenever I go to the dentist, I just leave with like a goodie bag of floss, and like I can like I pay rent, I can afford some floss. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like I just like every time I use floss, I find myself like it's like no more than you know like a laptop's length of floss for you. <laughs> See, um, I'm definitely the luxurious like amount of floss, but when I start to run low, I actually don't really ever remember running low. I will always steal like an extra one from my mom's when I go home. Oh, that's another thing that I do. Whenever I go mm-hmm. home, I collect that and Absolutely. toothpaste from my mom's. Yes. I can't remember the last time I brought toothpaste. No, you got to swipe it sometimes. You do. Um, yes, I did bump on. You go to the dentist every six months? No. No. Okay, I was like, I was like, I gotta stand up for us girlies. I do not do that. I gotta stand up for us girlies. Okay, Girl. but Gloria, it is difficult to create such good habits because yep. a lifetime of not doing that is like, mm-hmm. well, I don't have a toothache, I'm good. Oh yes, yes. I but I would share in that sentiment Listen. as well. But I now go every four months, but that's because I've been bullied into it by my dentist. Like I get my teeth cleaned every four months. Oh Girl, my god. I gotta speak up for those of us who don't floss. Those of us who don't go to the dentist every six months. I was shamed by my like my cleaner. Like, dude, so one time she's like, Oh how so how often do you floss? Uh, this was my last cleaning actually. I was like, you know, like four 
sometimes like five times a week you know i was just like trying to be honest that day for some reason and then she goes just like well imagine if you like brushed your teeth that many times and i was like that would be nasty they always say that sort of thing and even and if you like, tell them i floss every day they're like i can see you do not <laughs> which you do not which i do not so i try to tell the truth i wanted she's like yeah would you brush your teeth four times a week i was like okay so now i kind of yeah anyway so i've been called out by my dentist so now i, I feel like i get called out every time i go to the dentist yeah he Granted, i don't like think I'm i've just... had a steady dentist ever so like i have a deep skepticism of dentists i i deeply agree and i will also say that i think i have a trauma response about the dentist because as a kid i would um i had asthma really bad and so i would use these inhalers right well no one tells you that in inhalers there's like this sediment stuff that will settle on your teeth and cause cavities so if you don't brush your teeth right after you take an inhaler you're basically like coating your teeth in sugar and then just oh. letting it sit. So I was being a good little kid, brushing my teeth morning and night, living my life, bopping, using my inhaler middle of the day at sports practices. I go to the dentist, eight cavities. I barely had eight teeth. How the hell did I have eight cavities? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just imagined you as like, like an old Western man with like four teeth in your mouth and a handlebar mustache. Oh, I was, that's what I felt like. I was like, good lord. I said I can never come back here. This wasn't this wasn't a problem until you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've lost so many teeth. I've gone to like the dentist is like my most frequented like doctor visit. Like when I was younger I had like cavities left, right and center and now I I don't know. Anyway, so it's, it's a very mm-mm. I did not go to the dentist until I, until Obamacare. Shout out to Obamacare. We love Obamacare. We do love um, us. Uh, I was gonna say on the um, the note about this ties into our theme, which we'll get to later. But when you're a kid, they use like really fun flavors, and like they're like they make it kind of like a game, and it's fun and not dramatic. And then you're, I turned like 16, and they use straight mint. They like stuck the stuff right in the back of my throat and just like didn't speak to me. And I was like, um, can I go back to being 16? I'd like some bubblegum flavors, like toothpaste, please. Yeah, they really, they start lecturing, it's like, you're an adult now, you should know, I'm just like, you're trying to lose all your teeth before you're 40, I'm just like, I don't think we'll be around by the time I'm 40, so, never mind. Oh my god. I'm just like, and who's gonna have the last laugh? Me. (laughs) I'm just gonna be so petty, I'm just like, well, the climate change is gonna take us all, so who's gonna be laughing, really? (laughs) Or the war. Honestly, it makes it so hard to plan 20 years in the future, 10 years in the future. Like, somebody was telling me, they're like, how are you going to save up enough money to put the down payment on your mortgage? And I said, first of all, we don't really own homes in our family. Not really a thing, per se. <laughs> a. <laughs> the most, have, bougie, the most like, not, but super bougie response. I, I, mean, I just thought that you made it like, it was like a philosophical stance. <laughs> no. <laughs> We, we sat down, reflected on it, we were like, thank you. Like, no, but we don't my, subscribe to this. But, but, my, but my B is that, uh, what, how am I plan 10 years down the line? Are we going to be here? I hope so. But no, my girlfriend's big on why are we planning for the future? It may not exist. Also loves planning with the future, you know, manically with me. So that's fine. But yeah, how are you, how are you thinking 10 years down the line? Well, no, I completely Below agree. sea level by then. If you are going to bribe property, buy it, like, you know, significantly above sea level. Mm. I recently made a big payment on a student loan, and I was like, for what? 
That's uh-uh. like lighting money like on fire. Like, just like we don't count. <laughs> it was like it was like boof, boof, throwing know. money. Money man needs to lose y'all's numbers. I was like, I don't know her. Like never met her. <laughs> All right, friends, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with our main section. Welcome back everyone for our main section. Kennedy is going to talk us through her topic and we'll get going from there. Kennedy, take it away. Okay, well, so this is obviously like most things, a concept that's got like 15 concepts attached to it. It is a spider concept, but I'll start sort of where I started with it, um, which is that I have realized that as we're getting into year two or year three, I guess, of the pandemic, my um my chief of staff at my job called it uh, COVID's junior year, which I thought was a little bit of a criminal action. Um, But as we're entering year three of the pandemic, um, I've kind of found myself making space for things that I had been told to outgrow. Um, And I think part of it is a response to the pandemic that being alone or isolated in any form sort of made me really sit with myself and what I realized is is that there were things that I loved that I was cutting myself off from for no reason there were like aesthetic choices I was making that I was just sort of following my loop and the groove and what society had said was allowed and like what society said was fine so I think it's helpful to give like a few examples and then I don't know I can kind of frame some of the broader thoughts I've been having about it but I grew up loving uh, fake flavors. Okay, so like I love like watermelon, horrible watermelon bubble gum that like you you chew on when you're a kid that like you blow huge bubbles with and like has this gnarly sugary sweet taste. I loved it. I loved sparkly things and like glitter and crafts and all of it. Um, I loved rocks like in crystals and collecting things like little shiny pretty things just because I liked them. Um, and I realized that in general, I had sort of gotten away from so much of that. Uh, and I'd also kind of, on a related track, but slightly different, um, there were a lot of things that I felt like I'd missed the boat on because you're supposed to try them when you're young. And if they don't become part of your personality, it's like it considered embarrassing to try in your 20s. So like I've recently started skateboarding. Uh, why? Because you look because so I w- cool doing it. I'm horrible. Any true skateboarder will be like, she's not good. But there I am reinforcing my own stereotypes. What's a true skateboarder? Um, but I think like things like that where I'm like, why not? Why shouldn't I try that? Why can't I do it? Um, but it's been a lot of like unlearning. So that's kind of the general um, framework. I think that we can, as we get talking, we can talk a little bit about like our culture's obsession with authenticity and like what it means to try and be authentic when we ourselves are constantly changing. So like what I'm interested in, what my favorite things are, what I want to be doing, it it changes over time. And so I'm just letting myself in a way kind of revisit what I loved as a kid. And but in now that I did that adult thing where you leave all that stuff behind, I am finding these things that people are like, oh, I didn't know you skateboarded. Oh, I didn't know you collected rocks. And I'm like, I do collect rocks. I do. I love my I rock collection. The last time when you're like, no, I missed the sale, the drop of this oh, new yes. crystal. <laughs> yes, I missed the crystal drop and I was devastated. <laughs> you, were, you were in the middle of brunch and you, I think, yeah, you had like 
some alarm or something ready yeah. for your crystal drop? I did, and it was then canceled. It was it was a little devastating, but no, uh, no, no, no. But so that's the general framework, and that's kind of the broad concept. So I've got a lot of like odds and ends, spirals, but that's the big one, big line. Ken, I'm curious. Do you find that as you're revisiting these, um, are you pulling from like any particular like period in your life, or is it just like pretty spread out when you're retrying these things that you're supposed to have outgrown? I think that's a great question. Um, I would say a lot of it's like middle school and high school, sort of, because I, I think that's kind of the, but mm, that's, that's like, like, I also love, like, I love crayons. Like, and I think I might purchase crayons soon because crayons are fun. It is fun to like sit down and doodle with a crayon. Like I'm learning, uh, I recently have started learning, like teaching myself to draw based on drawing books. Why? Because like, it's, it's what you get to do as a kid. I remember my senior year of high school. We, in a bunch of our classes, it's like, you know, when you have really intense senioritis and, like, you're, no one's doing anything. We had finished all of our mandatory assignments, and we still had two or three days left of school. Everyone colored. Like, we printed coloring pages off, and we colored for, like, three straight days. And all the teachers were like, maybe we should incorporate this into more of our lessons. And it was, we went feral for coloring. But, like, why do we take that stuff away from ourselves? Why is it silly to color as an adult or viewed as, like, a strange hobby? You know? So, anyway. Adult, but, no. It's a long adult answer. Adult coloring books are making a comeback. So, that's always uh, comforting. I, yeah. I found immense joy in those. I think I discovered them junior year of college at, while I was, like, at my aunt's. And she, like, her, like, teacher coworker gave her some or something. So, I started coloring in them with my, like, you know six and seven year old cousins like pencils and stuff and i be it was it's so meditative and like so therapeutic for me and like so just relaxing and i couldn't remember the last time that i had just like colored not like for an art project as part of a class but like just for pure joy i feel like that's the thing that i'm like picking up on on what you're saying kennedy and like the thing that's resonating for me is like doing things for the joy of exploration and the joy of like I don't know I'm kind of thinking of it as like lost childhood moments right especially of people who were like really driven in like middle and high school right we had to we were we were praised for being super mature and like not doing the childish things and such and like working towards these really really high bars and now I'm like it would have been nice to just relax here and there and it's okay to relax and I didn't I think for a long time I didn't know that I think that's a that is something I had been thinking about as well it is like embracing purposelessness mm. like so much of our life was focused on like objectives and goals and doing a hobby so we would be competitive or so that we would be we would do it well we couldn't just paint we'd have you'd have to paint and be good at it or you kind of were expected to like drop the hobby be like oh are you are you into art and then I was like, well, if you weren't the top 10% of the kids who were into art, that, then you kind of like had to shave off that part of your personality. And theater's like that. So many things, it's like, well, after a certain point, you kind of can't do it. You know, like society's like, well, you're actually bad. So you can't just do it for you. <laughs> what an awful thing that that teaches people, though, right? Like, especially, I don't know, I'm thinking of myself. Like, I was gifted in a lot of areas. And so, like, I think it became really easy for me to just rely on what I was naturally gifted at because it's you're you're like kind of pushed away from the things that you aren't immediately good at. It's kind of what you're saying. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that I was so neurotic in high school that I was like, I want to do something that I'm bad at because I'm bad at it. I want to do something to humble myself. Like, I want to do something where I go in and I'm worse than everybody else. <laughs> and that's how I know I'm crazy and broken. Um, but no, so I played high school volleyball. I was horrible, unforgivably bad. I went to, my, my graduating class was 86. And our school had less, I think we had like right around 400 kids. And I couldn't make varsity. Like I couldn't. Do you know when the whole team is 25 people and you can't make varsity? Like I was like, I'm a senior. I'm also, for those listeners who don't know, I'm 5'9". I just had to stand there and jump six also, inches. Also, you were a D1 athlete. Let's not yeah, Oh yeah, that's that important one. context too. I was, D, I, was, I'm a D, I was a D1 athlete in another sport in track. So I'm an athletic, I couldn't do volleyball to save my life. But even that I wasn't doing for purposeless. Like I wasn't doing for the joy of it. I was doing it as a life lesson to myself. I was like, go be bad. What? That's insane. That's psychotic. <laughs> You know, all of this reminds me of, um, I can't find the name of the specific essay, but if anyone who's listening or any of you guys have read Gia Tolentino's book, Trick Mirror, mm. like one of the essays that she talks about is basically how our life is effectively right now ruled by like optimization. And just like, it's like on your workout, like we don't like... We don't run just for the joy of running. You're running to like reach this body type. You're running to reach X amount of mileage or etc. Also, and that would like you don't eat for the joy of just eating. You want to hit all these markers of like, oh, I need to have in this kind of food, this particular way, just to hit this marker of what I'm supposed to be doing. And obviously it easily translates into work. And then also uh, connected to have you another book, which is uh, Jenny O'Dell's How to Do Nothing, which I read and greatly struggled with. I'm just like, I don't understand how to do nothing. I think it's very <laughs> challenging. But the idea of being able to just do things for trial's sake. And I wonder, this is my very made up on the spot thesis. I wonder if like the fact that this has become the center of like our society or the way we live our life by our society I really do mean mostly Western society. I wonder if it explains why there's less and less creativity, in my opinion. Like, why are there, like, remakes of every single movie under the sun? Yes. Why is there less newness? Like, why are we, like, rehashing the same things over and over again? Because, like, from my understanding, it's just, like, having the ability to do nothing and, like, just do, sh like, shoot your shot, like, just, like, chuck things at a wall is, like, how you get creative. It's, like, how you grow and expand. I don't know. That is, I just thought of that on the spot but so. that, i i've been i've had multiple conversations with people over the years about like and this is not exactly related but diversifying our story canon right in the united states and like in pop culture and media and such and this whole like remake of remakes of remakes and like reboots of reboots like i'm so tired i would love something new yeah you get exhausted of the same story i mean some stories are good there's a good element to them but at some point, what you are looking for is like a truly, authentic, like a genuine new story that you haven't heard before. Um, I will say, uh, Gloria, to your point, I feel like I have to speak for some, like I can hear the ghost specter of capitalism and like commodifying time hanging out at the back of your of ding, your ding, ding. <laughs> we need to get a bell for any time capitalism is mentioned because literally it's come up at least three pay. or four times each episode 
like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, and my thing is, I think that you're getting to a point where, like, everyone has to have a side hustle. So, like, you do your job for 12 hours a day, you know, and and it's, even people who don't work 12 hours a day, something that my girlfriend was telling me, she's like, the time you spend thinking about your job is a form of working. Like, if you're prepping on your commute, that's working kind. Like, it's not free time that doesn't belong, like, that is truly yours. But it's like, so everyone does that. And then a lot of time you have a side hustle or we just haven't made a space for idleness or purposelessness. It's gone. And I think some people would say that that's the profit motive, just like seeping into our actual humanity and eroding it. I don't know, you know, I don't know how, if I'd go that far, I think, but I think that that's definitely there. I would say that I think that is of the many, 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 many spaces that are endangered. That is one that I don't feel like we talk about a lot. And even when you go like, right, like we're not that old, but I feel if I look at the difference between the way I was raised versus the way the children now are raised, even in the same space that I was raised, there is already like such like an optimization, a productivity element to their childhood. It's like mm-hmm. children like like there's always it's good to have goals and it's good to like want to win the league but like children are like building their resume like as they walk out of the womb you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like like kids don't just color for fun they color to be able to fill this kindergarten application so that they can get into the right one and they don't just play soccer because they're good at it like they do all these things a lot less for the joy of it and more so to be able to make sure that they're strategically positioned to be able to like advance on to the next step and I feel like it gets it starts earlier and earlier and I don't think that really kicked in until I was maybe in middle to high school but now I feel like it starts like grade school you best know what you want to do from the get-go or you best have parents who are planning your every move like strategically there's not a lot of room for error and like and therefore experimentation Mm-hmm. I don't think it's making us better people. I think like, you know, and so I think that, I mean, I don't want to give myself too credit, too much credit, but I'm trying to go back and do those things that I sanded off of myself that I was like, oh, you can't be interested in art because you're not good at it. And so I'm trying to like go back and, you know, it, maybe it would have been better if as a kid it was left, you know, and it didn't, it didn't have to get taken away by society or whatever. But, like, as an adult, I'm trying to pick up my love of shiny things and stick it back into my personality. And I'm trying to pick up, like, my love of trying, like, trying new things generally, like skateboarding or doing rock climbing for the first time and just stick them back on and be like, okay, you can do this without being, you know, you don't need to be a climber girl. You know, you don't need to be, like, any of these, like, brands. You can just try it, do it, have it be part of you without it being like a defini- a defining feature. Um, I, I'm reminded as we're talking um, about, uh, I used to say that college, our college experience in particular, us three, was something similar to like going through a rock tumbler in that like you pick a, a rock to go in a rock tumbler because you're like, oh, it has some desirable feature that you like about it, right? And then to make it quote unquote like better or perfect you sand all the edges, all these like interesting inclusions and all the things that made it unique, a lot of what you made it unique, and you sand it down. And then it comes out more beautiful in some way, right? More refined, right? And sharpened. But so much of what it, was fundam- what it had defined itself as fundamentally is gone. And so I used to think that 
at our graduation to imagine like a field of like rubies and emeralds and sapphires all sitting there. That's, that's what we were, right? Like these people who, you know, you have a fancy four-year college degree. You're who everybody wants. You're what the high price, you know, you're a high price item. We're no better than, like, you're no better than any other rock. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're no better than any other rock. And you're missing. just said. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I, I was mean, born for this crystal obsession. Yeah, will you make it into your collection? You're, yeah, it's like, oh, am I, am I interesting enough to be in the collection? <laughs> exactly. You know, my, I, a tangential but not tangential, uh, Kennedy, that was a beautiful, beautiful, like, sweeping story. Um, <laughs> and I can already hear my mother um, the next time I talk on the phone with her, because she, I think, is the first listener to this podcast every time it comes out. Um, I can already hear her, like, almost in tears on the phone, like, like just praising what you just said, because I know it will resonate for her. Um, so on behalf of my mother who has yet to hear this, I know she loves that. Mm, that makes me so happy. I mean, For honestly, context, her mother also doesn't have a phone, but yet she's a fast listener all the time. <laughs> she, what? <laughs> she has a computer, but not a phone. <laughs> Just... Okay. All right. Live, live in, live in lifestyles. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's on the note of mothers. I will say on the note of mothers. I will say that I think my mom is one of the reasons I'm going through this phase. So there's the pandemic. There's like also being in like your mid twenties and just feeling like you're kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. But another part is that I've been watching my mom kind of go through a renaissance as a human being. Yeah. Like we, we left like our, her kids, she had her kids super young. So she never lit. It's, it's been a weird thing. She never lived the era of life that I'm living yeah. for the record. I'm, you know, I'm partnered, but I live alone. Um, I'm 26, and I'm kind of, like, really hustling on jobs and friends, but don't really have a lot, you know, going on in terms of burdens. By the time she was my age, she had, I think, a four- and a five-year-old. And so when we graduated and left home, she kind of has been going through this, like, renaissance that it's, like, her life is about her. Like, her life is about Amy. And she has to, you know, she's, you know, living with my grandparents and, and helping, you know, care for them. But she has rediscovered her love of art. And she is investing in it. And it's not for anyone else. We, we convinced her to start an art Instagram more for the community than anything else. Mm-hmm. But, like, she doesn't sell it. She gives it away as gifts. Sometimes she'll make cards or, you know, she's just started giving away, like, canvas items. But it's, it's for her. And I think, like, watching my mom do that, I'm like, yeah, we should do things for us when we can. Um, that sort of gets to the one thing that's, I, I feel like, sort of the elephant in the room on this kind of thing, this purposelessness, blah, 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 and that's that it is a privilege to be able to have any purposelessness in your life, to bring it back to capitalism. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Honestly, truly. Yeah, it definitely would be remiss to say that in order to be able to have the free time to go skateboarding means you don't have to work four jobs to like keep mm-hmm. ma- make ends meet it's like definitely goes without saying i was also yeah. wondering whether the mentality is changing because i i'm feeling that the more conscious i am i try to be of like the society that i exist in the more i notice like how much of how much a lot of it is entangled in me for instance i feel that my second thought because of like how i live and like the mentality that i live around of any idea that i have of anything is how can this be commodified? Like you just notice, even like in this entire conversation, like I'm sure, like I forget what we mentioned that we we're like, ooh, merch, merch. water. 
worded like mm-hmm. like the, like the next sentence that followed that wasn't like oh we could just make this for us and it'll be super fun just like oh you can find this around march so like the need like the second like the way finding means to commodify any and everything has just become so ingrained in part of like who I am I mean I don't like I don't like it but like it's just like oh that's like the way people think of just like oh you made this beautiful thing the next thing is like can you make money off it can you like do this how can you spread it find right like how can you use it to like advance you like it's just doing it is not satisfying enough it's more satisfying like once you've gotten like something else off of it and that is a mentality that I'm not sure how to challenge on the slash overcome or like balance because it's good to have like business sense and stuff but maybe business sense shouldn't be in and everything yeah well that that honestly made me think a little bit about like what what can't be commodified what and do we do we give it a do we give certain things incredible value or do we like do we appreciate them because they can't be commodified so I was thinking about love which we have commodified to an extent, right? Like we have Tinder, we have Bumble, we have Valentine's Day, we have all this Love stuff, Island. right? Love Island, right? Like it is, it is a culture around it, right? But the actual feeling you cannot buy or sell, like the or the feeling of belonging, you cannot buy or sell that, right? Can't you? At, like, no, can't you get your I, way I feel into like you clubs? Can, though, right? Can't you buy your way into a community? Yes, that's but, what I was going to challenge. I, was, okay, I, mean, well, I hope so. I hope not. But like, right? Like when think, I buy my membership to like a space that I like, like when I buy, like when I pay for my yoga membership, right? Like something that I love, something that brings me incredible joy. But like in some ways I am paying to be part of that community, to have access to that space that I like. Okay. <laughs> I'm not feeling of belonging. Okay, that makes me think you're... To our, um, meeting point. yeah um and our eating club we bought our way into that space but but there are people who i'm sure were in that in our club or in your yoga class who don't feel that way so i think okay. gloria i think your point might be that you buy access to certain space like you okay, buy you access but like there are certain you can yeah, buy that, the that, thing itself but you can yeah buy you cannot buy the thing itself but you can simple. yeah well and i honestly think that that that's a great point that you can buy access because that's, you know, people always say money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a whole hell of a lot. That's like, that's what my family always. It can definitely buy you a lot of access. So Listen, that's why I never liked that one. Money. I'm just like, mm-hmm. having a lot of money could go a long way into opening doors. So maybe the, the quarrel isn't, um, the quarrel is more with how many bars we're putting up to like so many spaces and like so many feelings. And of course you can, like, I can't practice yoga on my own and try to do the thing but that feeling of being in a community the the fact that there is a x amount dollar sticker in order to start even accessing that space it's also like a privilege that i get to access that that i can spare enough of my income to even try to see if that's a space that i could fit into mm-hmm. and it yeah. feels like there are fewer and fewer spaces where the sticker price isn't so high that's for you to like go even try well and i think that part of I mean, if we're bringing it back to like the like income limits on things, like one of the reasons my mom is having the renaissance now is that she's not raising two kids, you know, on as a single parent, like my, you know, my dad too, like both of them now we aren't dependent on them. And so they have more money for hobbies and so, and, and just like interests and activities and whatever. And so part of me, I think it's, 
it's so strange. That gets me to kind of, I was talking about earlier, like my mom didn't have a 20s, the way we think of a 20s, the way like when you're single and living with your friends, I, like a fr- like the TV show Friends 20s, that style of 20s my parents didn't have because they had kids. Um, they had a great life and I think that they both, you know, they wouldn't undo it, but um, it gets me to the idea that purposelessness has periods where it's more common. You know, when you're a kid, it's a period of more period of purposelessness. You're five, you're not expected to make an income most of the time. You know, like <laughs> you're 10, your job is to like do your homework and watch TV, right? But I mean, I think, Gloria, to your point, that's even less, more becoming less and less true, you know, that, that a kid, and maybe that's, maybe that's what we're bumping on, is that we're chafing against purposelessness, like the period of purposelessness of childhood being cut shorter and shorter and shorter. But I think that we, you find joy and the space for things that don't have price tags at different periods in your life. And then everyone's kind of on a slightly different cycle, but there are a lot of similarities. Sorry, that was 15 thoughts. Incoherent psychobabble, but. I thought that was quite coherent. Um, I really like the way you're talking about the, like the cycles and like how it, it comes at, diff- oh, I have to sneeze, hold on. Silence. We didn't even get the sneeze. I, I wanted to hear the sneeze. <laughs> oh my god! The last time I tried ASMR, I poured wine, and Gloria and Maya told me it sounded bad. <laughs> um, but I really like how you're bringing up like the different age groups, and I think that like, I don't know, maybe in media, like the expectation growing up, I, I feel like I thought that your life kind of like ended after a certain point, like you know, once you got quote unquote old, like you couldn't do fun things or like you, I don't know, you don't have, like you, you your life was duty, right? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't you. And I think that now that I am, you know, a 20 something adult with a mother who is at a similar place of renaissance, I believe, as your mother. And it brings me so much joy to like see her mm-hmm. like, ha- like, trying things and having opportunities and creating opportunities for herself and I think that similarly it has like helped free me into like the less the the not so much the pressure of needing all of the like accolades and everything like right now and instead like allowing myself to exist and have these like moments of happiness or exploration and also knowing that I can do that in the future as well. I mean, climate change and all the other catastrophes aside, if we have a future, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but um, I really, I really appreciate the way you're bringing age into it. Yeah, there's, I love that. I there's that whole. Oh, beautiful. sorry. Go ahead, Gloria. No, it's okay. I that, that was the end of my sentence. I think it's beautiful. Period. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I, actually, never mind. I do have a thought. Sorry, I'm a mess. <laughs> but i think i really like that because i think it also gives hope for people because like sometimes even if you want said purposelessness so like sometimes you're in a phase in your life where you can't afford to right Mm -hmm. like there are things that are more important that for one reason or another are more important to like i need to like sit down and grind and do this i need to sit down and like raise x family you know like different competing priorities 
but what I would hope for is like to normalize that to like leave the door open for purposelessness or like having mm-hmm. space for maybe purposelessness and leisure actually maybe leisure is like yeah leisure is probably like, the better word yeah <laughs> just running down there. but like space for leisure at different phases as you can so that there isn't like this one window of like oh in your 20s before you settle down if that is what you want to do that is the time to do it but like just having different windows and maybe doors i like doors windows are too small um maybe big doors of opportunity to be able to pursue that that like a imam or a parent wants those kids like who are their primary priority now once they've gone to school like this is a great space for you now to like take in this new time and like use it for different things as well and for like i don't know i wish it would be more integrated yeah and i i think that we're getting at there's that like really corny saying like to everything there is a season and like i you know they say like oh you're in the summer of your life when you're young and then you, you know the, your last few years of the winter of your life if you age yeah yeah that's a whole gloria gloria for, for the <laughs> listeners gloria looks horrified but i like the idea that to everything there is a season and it's non-linear like there's a and not in the like <laughs> you're miserable but like in that like life is cyclical and you're going to go through times where you're in grind mode, Gloria, to your point. Like, you're going to go to grad school. You're going to have a baby. You're going to um, deal with the loss of a parent, right? <laughs> you said, literally, you said, you're at two for three. So <laughs> that's not doing any of that. Um, but I think that this gets me to one of the broader themes I think I wanted to talk about, which is, like, are you – so this idea of what is – the self, like what is yourself and are you authentically yourself through all those periods when naturally you're going to change all the time? Um, There's that whole, to get to the point about the rocks, to bring it back to those, like you're the same rock. To circle back. (laughs) Right? To circle back. Well, I think. What, What is the essential ingredients that you carry with you and how much, like how does your, what you really are change over time? Well, yeah. Is this the thing of like if a sh- if you replace every part of a ship, like all the wooden boats of a ship, is it still the same ship? <laughs> yes. I, like if you go through enough change that like nearly every part of you have changed, are you still the same person? Or like is a question like are we think should we think about it more like you have a core, and yeah. that core like as you go through different like if you're going through summer, it will get hotter, it will get darker, and if you go through winter, you get like frostbite and whatever happens in the winter. <laughs> whatever our bodies do but like but like that entire thing the core of that is the same and that's what makes it the same person i well i don't really know like what theory of like personhood and self i would subscribe to in one of those chances because i mean i think you're like you're fluid yes for sure and that gets the idea of like you know a soul i think like there's that i am no biologist let me well i'm about to pull out a biology stat and this is not 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 vetted at all. So you know you may have to redact this <laughs> we later. We have no fact checkers here. <laughs> two poor for fact checkers. But if you want uh, to merge, mm-hmm. so there's like that. that yeah, two poor for fact checkers. <laughs> yeah. um, I there's that whole stat that like every seven years, every cell in your body yes. is new, and so you are the ship. Like your ship is brand new every seven years, right? Like like not none of me who graduated. Um, or none of me who was in my freshman year musical is me anymore. And, like, that's kind of crazy. I don't like that, I think. I feel like 
you saying that helps me decide where I am with the answer to like the ship is the same ship or not. Like, yes, I am the same ship <laughs> because I still ha- I still have all those trauma responses. Like, if I have to live with that, then I am definitely the same ship. Yes. Well, so then there is a core. There's a fundamental core, but it's also how you express it changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and also I think that there are things that. Like, I'm sure anyone who's dealt with a very close, profound loss would say that there are things that shave off a piece of you, you know, and, like, your core changes to some extent. I mean, I imagine that, like, if either of us were parents, we would say that that had changed part of our core or somehow shifted our alignment. Yeah, reconfigured it. So I think that, yeah, I'm just really interested in this, how are we the same and how are we different? I know that sounds so silly, but like this gets, I sent, I sent you guys some TikToks um, when I was yes, thinking about this space. Um, and it gets to this theory that I love, this like kind of moment in the culture. And the TikToks for, uh, for listeners who are on TikTok are those TikToks that say something like, I'm walking home from work today and I'm walking with my seven-year-old self who, is, who can't believe we have this job. I'm walking with my 12-year-old self who would hate, who would hate that we're living in D.C., I'm walking with my 18-year-old self who couldn't believe we have a girlfriend, right? Like, you know, you know, right? Like, and it's like all those things. And then it's like I'm walking with my 22-year-old self who can't believe we're finally content. Like, and it's, and it's all of them. And it's like I saw this one and the last line was, and I'm gathering them all to myself and celebrating. You know, like there are multiple selves that are in you, I think, and – I don't know. That's just something I've been thinking a lot about. Our ship changes over, right? But don't we carry previ- those previous versions of the ship with us? <laughs> like, they're, they're there. I can so clearly feel being 14. Not a, I have a horrible memory, but I remember the feeling of being 14. You know? Anyway, on the side. <laughs> Another 10-thought psychobabble throwing it all up at you. So. Stop invalidating your words. They're beautiful. <laughs> We need, we're going to need to walk with a 26-year-old self <laughs> who, who's like, who, and we're going to appreciate her psycho bubble, maybe in a year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, re- I need some time to process that, I feel. Yeah. Do, you, I, do you guys feel like you walk with your previous selves? I feel like I've ignored them in the past. I've been like, oh my God, who cares what eight-year-old Kennedy would think? Yeah. I think I've cherry-picked them. I think that there are a few that I, you know, hold tight. I mean, good or, for good or bad, you know, maybe I've chosen the wrong few or maybe I've chosen a few that are the right few, but I think there's a lot that I have ignored. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I had thought of that before you sent the... um, truly intellectually stimulating TikToks. And <laughs> I'm J-Store, serious. add them. Add J-Store. <laughs> add J-Store. the new J-Store. Um, and Imagine. Sorry. In like three actually, years, yes. you'll be able to find mm-hmm. an article, like a TikTok on J-Store and be able to cite it. Sorry. And for <laughs> listeners who've not J-Stored, maybe non-college graduates, what is J-Store? Oh, yes. Sorry. It's like an Code article hub, Wikipedia, John, for like uh, academic <laughs> articles. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it because I always had like the citations depending on what you wanted already pre-made. Yes. And we love that because I never learned that. I literally learned and unlearned that every single year. 
<laughs> just how to cite something properly. Um, I feel like I had a thought, but I forgot something about our. I can insert. Walk with. Go ahead, Kenny. I, I can insert twenty minutes of filler. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking that um, recently I'm. Just for context, I do like a lot of journaling as like my way of processing, and I just find that sometimes, like, intentionally, I use we when like, and I don't mean like my usual like royal we like sending <laughs> myself, but like as a way to describe like the many voices and like many different experiences like happening in my head or like that have happened to me because sometimes mm -hmm. it sometimes things ha feel like they happen to someone else. And, like, to try and, I guess the bulk of, like, the work is really to try and integrate all of this into one coherent vessel. And sometimes it, like, feels like they're at odds and, like, how can these two things, like, even coexist? But anyway, that's, that's what that reminded me of. It doesn't really, it's not a fully fledged thought yet, but I was fascinated to find myself using, like, we for, like, different versions of myself, which is much better than cherry pick which i think is a step up from when i cherry picked them as one right. does i like that we've ranked us and i'm at the bottom clearly oh oh my god i yeah i love the royal we i also love that you're addressing your past self and your former self like you can read that we as like when i'm reading it in 10 years if you ever reread your journals you know, and Therefore, you can also read it. I, it's, it's, I don't know, fam. I made it. I try. I, I have all of them. Like I've, I've like been a journal. Like I've journals from grade school. And first of all, yeah. you want to know the the language that you made up. Do you remember oh, that one? Oh, it's yo, so pretty. I have to tell you. Like it's a like it's like it's like. I might have to make this a cover of this episode. But it's beautiful. She has no idea. Kennedy, what it means. I have to tell you. No, I def deciphered you, it. I went through a phase when I was in like sixth, seventh, maybe eighth grade as well. Mm -hmm. um, we won't get past that. <laughs> but like where I literally was journaling entire pages in a made up alphabet that I made. <laughs> That's so cool. So That's last so year, cool. I like, I find this journal and there's like pages on pages of <laughs> journal entries of like this. I hate to plug it, I'm just like, what the fuck does this mean? So I, I like spent a week trying to like make an alphabet key for it <laughs> to try and figure out like, cause like, I know like, this is how I probably started a journal and I tried to map it and I finally did. But also how psychotic is that? <laughs> like, who did I think there was going to like be reading my journal? There are there layers, layers to that then and layers to that now. <laughs> right? I, was, I really went through and I think there's like, there's obviously the psychotic layer, but there's also the like, how unsafe does a space have to feel that you have to like make a new language to like write in your journal? That is the dark part. Yeah. And there's also the like, oh, Absolutely. look how creative you you can get and make up this entire thing. So like, yeah. I guess maybe that's a good illustration of trying to like hold all those things and like- In one place. Weigh them like in one thing, just like both of those things are all true. Also like hiding things from yourself. Yeah, I'm just like not yeah. trying to read that later. Exactly. <laughs> you said that's for you right now, and no one else. You need to process. You need to like write it out, process it, and we are moving on. Yeah, your former self was ab preemptively abandoning the other self. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to hang later, but like, Zen, you go, you go hang here. She said we'll get lunch sometime. <laughs> Walk away. 
AKA never. never. So I'm just like, we'll circle back to that. Like, I look at my calendar, you look at yours. Just yeah. never Turns out we don't out. have any time at the, you know, it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, in no. the next 10 oh. to 15, with the help of a professional. We're going to need a maybe mediator. some hypnosis. A linguist <laughs> hypnosis. and your therapist in one room. They said, it's the collab you didn't know you needed. <laughs> um, I will. On on the, sort of hopping back a few steps, but on the general note about multiple selves, when I was growing up, um, I used to manically walk circles. Um, I should stop using the word manic like that. But I used to walk in loops around my little um, apartment building. And there were days when I could feel someone like at the edge of my consciousness. I know that's how, that sounds psychotic, but I, I should stop judging myself. I got I to gotta calm down. Got to pull that back, reel it in. Uh, but... I would, I thought it was a partner. Like, I was convinced, like, oh, the soulmates are real. I can feel my soulmate somewhere else in the world. I still may think soulmates are real. Um, but I really do think that may have been my, my future self. That, like, because I was so sad and anxious at certain points in my childhood and just felt like, every, like, is this, is this survivable? Is everything going to be okay? And I wonder if, like, my brain concocted a future self to provide this comforting presence. Because when I would go on these walks, I'd be like, oh, she's, like, they're right there. You know, they're right, like, I can feel this, this presence. And so I've just kind of wondered. And then I was like, maybe I'm unhinged for thinking this. But then I watched Frozen 2. And... <laughs> I did not see this going there. Like, not one bit. Could not. So, for those, the, the girls who get it, get it, and the girls who gorn't, gorn't. But uh, the the moment that it, that I realized, like, maybe I'm not as crazy as I thought, is that, for those, this is a spoiler alert, spoilers for Frozen 2. If you haven't seen Frozen 2, please fast forward two minutes. Um, but Elsa, like, hears this call, right? And then she, like, chases this call. She's like, my whole life I felt not quite settled. And then she gets there, and the big moment in the song is that this voice, she realizes the voice that was calling her was herself, and her mother says to her, you are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. And when I say, I have not I have cried. Right now. <laughs> okay, I have so many thoughts. So many. Crying, all, sobbing. That is a theory. That's a theory of consciousness. Oh, the what? bicameral. That, that's mm-hmm. a theory of consciousness. The bicameral mind is... Um, that, um, it's uh, first of all, everyone watch Westworld. They do a very good job of explaining it than I'm going to do right now. But like the idea of like being in the loop and like hearing like voices and like man realized that they were conscious when they thought when they realized that the voice in their head wasn't okay. God, it was your voice. And that is like one big theory of consciousness. But also to the point of imagine imagination, like my I've done a lot of research into trauma, <laughs> as one does, but is that like therapists, especially when they work with children and like anyone, once they find the first sign that it's going to be easier to help a child is if they have like an active sense of imagination, whether it's like imagining another friend or like somebody else that is along there with them, that is always seen as a good marker of being able to help cope and like mm. understand like the world around them so anyway i would mm. what i was going to say is like those are very actually positive things that i wouldn't like deem them <laughs> that's like i didn't know a that. lot of science behind them 
No, I, I love that. I didn't know. I, yeah, that, that's so everyone's an active that... imagination. I have asked. I'm just like, do we think? Like, what do we really think is going on here? <laughs> yeah, there's also nothing like being like think like having a thought and being like, oh yeah, like that was a thought, and then somebody else is like, oh yes, that is a fundamental theory of change. <laughs> <laughs> the philosophers have been debating that for 400 years. Welcome to the party. <laughs> to quote Casey but Musgraves, late to the party. Though, like when you're like. This is just lurking around in my head and i'm just like no no it's not in your head it's like in so many other people's head and that's just like one yes. way to think about it because i I, I, well, like, I, like, I like find it comforting <laughs> yes yeah it's comforting okay um on this you know in this vein of all the things that we've been talking about we do have to start wrapping it up um otherwise our listeners will get mad at us for another hour and a half episode um so why don't we start closing out this topic with a like each of us taking the moment to say a thing that we have not previously mentioned um, that has become a thing that we are exploring in leisure, right? Um, I will happily start and sorry, Glow. Um, but for me, it's puzzling. And she's unmuting herself, folks. What, Gloria? That's very rude. That's my thing. I know. Um, <laughs> puzzling. I don't think I had done puzzling like since I was a child, like a ch- like elementary school. And even then, I don't remember enjoying it. I was never like a puzzler. Um, and I forget what started it. Was it you, Gloria, that started puzzling in my life? Yes, she's nodding, pointing to herself, um, smiling, thumbs up. Um, and puzzling for me has like, really because it's so time consuming and I can't focus on anything else while I'm doing it and it like it it's like truly like a you know a brain break but not a brain break from the normal right because puzzling uses your brain obviously um Mm. but to me it has become one of my like favorite forms of like leisure and I'm just I, I think it's been, what, since, like, halfway through the pandemic that I started? Um, and that's my thing, is now puzzling. And that is not a thing that I would have ever made time for before. Because it didn't serve any, like, purpose on my resume. Or it didn't serve any purpose, you know, in, you know, getting an acc- accolade for something or other, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's my puzzling. That's my answer. I love it. I personally despise puzzles. I I, I love puzzles for puzzle people. Um, I was I <laughs> I uh, I had very poor spatial awareness as a child. I had to, I was taking an IQ test and there's this bit where you like match blocks to like a picture that's like drawn. You have to like turn the blocks over and I took to- so long that they just took the blocks away. And they were like, "It's okay. You don't need to do it." And I was like, I'll get it! Because I was, you know, we've all been talking about how insane we were as children. But not a puzzler. But I love that for you. I love the, like, and I mean that in, like, an actual full yeah. chest way. Not like, yeah. I love that for you. You know, so. Thank oh, yeah, you. puzzles. I've never taken an IQ test. I think they're useless. So, uh, they're I guess very, I should actually. They're very racist. I'm not sure I should go on the record as saying all IQ, <laughs> all IQ tests are useless. But <laughs> someday that'll come back to kick me in the face. But, yes, I don't love them. Okay, Ken, what is your newly found leisure activity? Um, so I am collecting crystals, which we've been alluding to, crystals or rocks. Um, I don't think, personally, 
I don't uh, think that they have any sort of powers or anything like that. Uh, I literally just collect them because I think they're beautiful. Um, and I love the act of like walking around. Like we, I actually went to earlier this afternoon, my girlfriend and I went to a, like a little crystal shop four blocks away. And just looking at these beautiful things that nature has made and that humans have found and deemed precious. Like I just, I love everything about it. I love that they're not, that they're all distinct. And at some point, every, you know, everyone is unique. They're like permanent snowflakes. And you get to just have them for like forever. Like you buy a $5 rock, it's going to be a rock forever. It's not like buying food. It's not like buying an experience. Like you're going to be able to hold this thing with you and have it. And it's like a, it's like they've managed to capture something that's purely ephemeral, like the beauty of nature. Like that's, that's amazing. And it costs $5 sometimes. Now I have some rocks that aren't $5, but sometimes it costs $5. So that's my diatribe. Anyway, I'm really into rocks. And you know what? <laughs> to quote the Ken Cat, I really love that for you. Like genuinely. From the depths of my heart. I love Do you have like a favorite story. rock? Oh, yes. Okay, so I've been looking. Okay, that's a question and a half. Um, I've been looking for a howlite tower for a long time. It's a white rock that I think is really beautiful. It reminds me, um, for people who've seen Lord of the Rings, how light is like the it looks like the rock Minas Tirith is built out of. Oh. So it's like very 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 artistic. I also um am really into sodalite at the moment, which is this like really bright, vivid blue. Like a deep, deep dark, vivid blue. So yeah, those are my two answers at the moment. Talk to me next week. I'll be really into flower agate or bumblebee jasper, you know. Just stay tuned. Yeah, these words mean a lot to me. I too know what they mean. <laughs> I like bumblebee okay. jasper to be clear, because it reminds me of Beyonce. Shout out to the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> the official rock of the beehive, bumblebee jasper. She should her merch. There you go, bring it full circle. I saw a Beyonce's crystal shop. She's touched every single one of them. They're two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> she she held them in her hand and looked at them. Yeah, for she, at one time when her hand was clammy, she held into one of these. That's five hundred. That's premium experience. You get sweat too. <laughs> All right, Glow, what's yours? Oh, I'm um, naturally indecisive, so I, I just literally can't pick. But I would say thematically, I've been into just creating, trying to create things for like creation's sake or like experience's sake. Um, I really, um, the, for the listeners, I love my plants. They're my children, and I love them probably more than most people in my life, frankly. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can vouch for that. <laughs> but I really, really enjoy actually just taking care of them and just like nurturing life and just seeing something grow. Like, I, I love just like repotting things. I haven't really gone into like proper gardening. I don't know. I had a t- terrible experience trying to grow tomatoes with the squirrels. So like, I don't know. I'm not super keen on repeating that. But houseplants are like my jam. I will spare no expense. Probably should spare many, many Your expenses. Your partner will spare no expense. <laughs> so Good boy. And I'm also trying, um, I'm taking, I'm doing a ceramics class and it's very weird that I am not like, I'm not, I'm just like, I don't want to build the biggest thing. I just want to go there and like try to make something and just be like, because I don't know, I feel like I just miss the joy of when you finally learn something new or like when you finally do something 
and I don't know. So I I really like that. So I'm sorry, listeners, we go over again, but we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the final section and we'll try to keep it um, under a tidy one hour. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Thanks for joining us on this wonderful podcast. We're going to close it out with our recurring segment, Brains, Brawn or Beef, um, which makes Gloria cringe every time. So Brains, Kennedy, um, Brains is if you could give us a recommendation, something that you would love to recommend to our readers, um, readers, sorry, listeners. Um, Braun is give us a flex, like tell us something that you're really proud of. Like what would you drop in the group chat that you're like, you know, I need praise, praise me. And beef is tell us who or what you are beefing with right now. Please pick one of those and not all three, but um, yeah, let us know what your brains, brawn or beef is. Sounds good. Okay. Um, can you give me 10 seconds, Eos? Can you go first? Okay. Oh, no, we're not sharing, darling. This one's all for you. What? Oh, yeah. No. It's just I... you. You're like, can you go mortifying. first? Like, no, I cannot. <laughs> mortifying ordeal of being known. Um, which I think that comes from a Tumblr post reference. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. On theme. Do the echo? Do you guys hear the echo? Did you mute the tab? Okay, um, so, gosh. All right, so on theme with the rest of the episode, I think I'm going to give you a rec for something that I think we were told to grow out of. Um, so I've gotten really into science fiction lately, um, which I feel like is sort of, in a horrible way, just labeled and then sort of thrown aside as like not real literature um, in a way that I think is incredibly unproductive and also very exclusionary and sort of like nerdification uh, of a whole genre. And you're like, this is an incredibly speculative fiction is amazing. How are we doing this? So my recommendation, it's not super off the beaten path. It's in fact very much not is um, Octavia Butler, uh, Lilith Brood. Um, it's the Xenogenesis series, I believe, uh, is the, like, if you're looking for, like, the, the series name. Um, it is a crazy collection of uh, stories. They're not, they're a series in that they take place in kind of a linear timeline, but they're sort of separate vignettes. Um, I think that Butler does an incredible job creating whole worlds that reflect who we are essentially at our very core, to the question again about cores. Uh, and whether or not we've, we've got anything in there in the middle, um, our fundamental selves. And so I love Octavia Butler. Can't recommend her work enough. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that would be my rec. That is my, my brains. Um, I do have a beef with my cat at the moment, but I don't know how in the weeds we should get about that. She pooped on my floor two days ago. So we all have pets like that, but I'm going to finish it with an excellent book rack, uh, and, and leave it there. I love that. I am back into my uh, middle and high school reading ways. I'm re- reading Shadow and Bond because I'm, I I alternate between reading like quote unquote very serious literature to like things that I also genuinely enjoy. So I'm 
I really like that because I'm trying to do more of the reading that I also just purely enjoy that doesn't serve any purpose, doesn't make for good cocktail conversation, but it just makes me happy. <laughs> but okay, everyone, Kennedy has been such a gem. We tried our very hardest not to go over time, but it's so hard when you have wonderful guests. So we're going to have her back for another episode so we can have many, many more of these conversations. So I want to thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing your wonderful brain with us and your many many tangents <laughs> and you know it's good to always know that we whenever we need 20 minutes of fill out we got you <laughs> she can always deliver and yeah uh eos thank you again for being here as well this has been so fun we'll yeah we'll talk all next episode yeah thank you everybody goodbye